0: Welcome back to another episode of our movie business podcast series, where we look to make sense of the current trends in the film and television industry. My name is Ilan Haimoff. I'm a partner at GHJ, where I lead the Profit Participation Group. In this podcast episode, I'm joined by Jason Squire, Professor Emeritus, USC School of Cinematic Arts, as well as the editor of the movie Business Book, Fourth Edition, To discuss with our guests, Adrian Ward of Bank of California, the current trends with film and television banking and financing in the entertainment industry. Jason will introduce Adrian and get us going with our discussion. Jason, please take it from here.
1: Thanks so much, Elon. Adrian Ward is the head of entertainment banking at Bank of California. His formidable career has found him at the forefront of entertainment lending. Early on, He was involved in structuring some of the first ever bank finance production loans based on sales contracts. Later, he was instrumental in the risk analysis that led to some of the first ever gap finance transactions. Career highlights include portfolio manager for ICB Entertainment Finance, overseeing production loans, totaling $200 million and senior vice president of National Bank of California's Entertainment Sports and the media department providing financing for over 60 films, representing over $175 million in production budgets. Welcome, Adrian.
2: Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Alain. Thanks for having me.
1: So let's start by asking about uh, how banking gets involved in this business. Is the collateral necessary, also any advice to producers?
2: Yeah, good questions. Um, so the, so the sort of overview on that in terms of banking involvement in the industry is, you know, it's is very heavy. I mean, there's a lot of bank activity starting out, let's say, from the, you know, handling large syndicated facilities for uh, independent studios, uh, like Lionsgate, things like that, down to production financing for independent uh, you know, film and television pro- projects, and obviously opening production accounts and collection accounts and things like that. Uh, so, so there's a lot of activity in the in the you know from the banking side in in the entertainment industry in general. Um, collateral for those facilities, and I'll t- I'll focus really on the production financing side. Collateral for those deals is really the um, distribution contracts that are generated by sales companies that are engaged by producers, and they will sell either individual territories to you know around the world, or they may do a worldwide deal with you know a studio or a streamer, um, and then we will determine the the uh, creditworthiness of those entities and assign a uh, an advance rate in terms of what we will actually lend dollar wise against the overall contract, assuming it's uh, in a bankable sort of format. Um, and then the other component that a lot of banks will lend against in those production financing scenarios are a variety of different tax incentives. So if you're shooting that film or TV show in Louisiana or Georgia or indeed California, uh, we will monetize that credit upfront. So we will we will, get an estimate of what the credit will uh, be worth once the film is finished and it satisfied all the requirements of that tax incentive. Um, and we will uh, land up to approximately 90% of that uh, upfront number um, into the production. Um, There was a time when banks were doing gap financing, but I don't believe any of them are right now. Um, Gap financing is where you're lending against the future value of any unsold distribution rights. But as you can imagine, that's a much more risky sort of component. And most banks, including ourselves, sort of put that to the side for the moment. So there's third party money that often comes in that will will take that risk, Um, but that's the basic, uh, sort of collateral components of the the deal, alongside obviously having a uh, mortgage uh, against the copyright and those underlying distribution rights. Um, so, it, and it, effectively, those mortgages act like a exactly like a house mortgage. Once you, you know, you, until that is paid off, effectively the bank sort of owns the you know the the, uh, the property uh, in question. Um, in In terms of advice to producers, I mean, there's a a lot that we could go through, but I would say, you know, really the main thing is, is it's all in the preparation, you know, like anything, uh, approaching a bank for financing or even, you know, those third party financiers, it's all about understanding what components the bank is going to need, things like, you know, completion bonds and production insurance Um, having a a clean chain of title, you know, all the things that will make it go a lot sort of smoother and and ultimately will, you know, be less expensive when it comes to the legal cost of documenting the, you know, the loan. Um, It's, you know, so that's the starting point. I mean, I think the banks, you know, especially us, you know, we're very open to having conversations with producers at a very early stage of a, of a project to, to sort of walk them through what the requirements would be and sharing information in terms of, you know, giving them a sample uh, closing list, for instance, which, you know, is a bit daunting to look at once, you know, you get it in the hands of, you know, the right sort of uh, legal team. Uh, it's pretty straightforward and, and there's nothing revolutionary about what we do. Uh, It's a lot of paperwork ultimately, but um, it's straightforward and it's just a question of being prepared and having those, you know, the underlying documentation in good order and getting it to people. Um, Outside of that, I I really think it's all about just the quality of the project, Um, you know, and a big part of that from an economics point of view is, is, you know, you're setting a budget in terms of, you know, the cost of making the the film or the TV show um, that is gonna be, give you a strong likelihood of getting, not only getting your money back, but making some money, you know, after the fact um, so that you can go on and do another movie. Uh, I think there's a tendency, you know, to sometimes overpay for some of the elements, particularly the above the line, you know, cast and director things like that but if you can if you can negotiate good deals you know for the relative to the budget that you're you're going to spend and then you will see from the pre-sales of those distribution rights sort of where you're going to be approximately and what those minimum guarantees and your tax credits are worth you know you you'll have a good idea of you know is there a disconnect between what you're spending and what the likely revenue is going to be generated or is it the other way around and you're in good shape so, it, you know, there's a lot of things to pay attention to, but for me, it's that preparation and then having a, a cost-effective, uh, you know, budget, and obviously the best sort of creative um, basis in terms of a script um, that you can have. So those are the three areas that I would focus on.
0: Thank you, Adrian. I um, I wanted to uh, shift gears, uh, and uh, it's funny, use the word be as prepared as you can, and as best as we try, every once in a while we get the 100 year uh, flood. And I think we actually experienced that at the beginning of last year with a pandemic hitting uh, hitting our industry pretty hard. And and what we wanted to do is we wanted to get uh, your perspective of, uh, and again, not specifically to your bank, but just how the industry, the, the, the financing side of film and television had to, um, uh, endure and adjust and pivot during that time and then I'm also looking at not necessarily just from a risk management perspective but also from an opportunity perspective what did you see uh, not necessarily just uh, on, the, on the defense side but what could you do on the offense side to deal with all that pandemic uh, from a film financing perspective
2: yeah I mean you're right about that sort of 100 year flood uh, analogy I mean it really was something that, that you know uh, no one I think anticipated certainly once we were in the midst of it and we realized it wasn't going to be a quick fix um, you know uh, uh, yeah it really it really you know effectively shut down the production side of the of the business globally um, you know so for Bank of california it was there were a couple of things for the first couple of months we pivoted into uh, offering PPP loans you know that the government, Uh, put in place. So we were, you know, we were servicing a lot of our clients in terms of providing those loans to keep their companies going, um, you know, just to sort of get through the worst sort of stages of it. Um, And then really what sort of came out as the biggest issue from the industry point of view was that there were obviously a large number of productions that had to shut down, and as a result of that, there was a significant amount of claims, uh, insurance claims, um, you know, by those productions, and the insurers collectively, you know, incurred some very heavy losses. And the, their reaction to that, quite, you know, logically, was to stop offering uh, the COVID related coverage within their policies you know both the completion bond companies and the uh, production uh, insurance companies um, you know stopped offering that and that was that's really been the biggest hurdle that that financial institutions have had to deal with uh, because obviously without that risk in, in coverage in place there's little we could do we don't the banks are not going to take that kind of risk certainly not going back to sort of you know the, the middle of last year Um, But what we found was that sort of by early fall 2020, there were some locations around the world where there was less, uh, you know, there were less incidences of the COVID, um, you know, infection and and certainly in sort of, let's say, remote areas of, say, Australia and and other places and and some countries, you know, reacted well by putting in place government-backed Uh, insurance funds for those COVID risks. So, you know, the UK did that, Australia did that. Um, I think that, I believe that was on offer as well in New Zealand on sort of a case by case basis. So we found ourselves by sort of September, October getting back into business in terms of production financing. We had been sort of focusing more on some of the corporate facilities that, um, you know, were, uh, we were able to do without you know that weren't production based and therefore you know uh, could go forward um, but on the production side we we started lending into australia did several productions down there we also had an animated film uh, that we continued to uh, finance obviously you know animation was a lot more immune to the effects of of covid um, and one or two companies actually had Sort of insurance coverage, including COVID, that was grandfathered in from a you know a previous uh, policy. So you know there were enough deals to sort of keep us moving forward. Um, so so it was good, and I mean it's been great for us at Bank of California, and that we had that sort of international aspect of what we what we were doing. And then you know you come to sort of 2021. And uh, you know, now there's obviously more production locally. So we're getting into that. And I and, and to pick up on the other point you made, it really was an opportunity for us. You know, uh, over the last sort of 12, 24 months, there's been a couple of other banks that have moved out of the business. And then obviously most of the other banks, you know. Um, a halt to what they were doing uh, because of the various reasons but mainly COVID so we've we've, you know and there was a private lender or two that also sort of pulled back or you know some of the private lenders were charging very exorbitant sort of um, uh, fees so there was a bit of a vacuum created and we've we've tried to move into that to some extent by you know managing that risk and looking at each incident uh, you know, production as a, you know, uh, on its own sort of merits and where we can mitigate the, the lack of COVID, uh, coverage and in insurance by having experienced producers, by making sure people are following that all the onset protocols, um, you know, and, and doing one or two other things, then, you know, we've been successful in getting around that. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to today, where there is insurance coverage available, it's a lot less expensive than it was when those first policies came out. Now it's down to, you know, four or five percent, which, you know, is not a terrible amount. And so I, I you know, I see that sort of growing, um, you know, significantly. And we, I think, we will feel there's a there's a large wave of production that's about to, you know, come forward. So yeah, we feel pretty good about uh, coming out of COVID. And, yeah, notwithstanding the current sort of conditions, um, it's been good.
1: Well, we're all looking forward to that uh, fabulous uh, overview, which dovetails to the final question to expand your prognosis for uh, the banking industry uh, in this arena. And also how has streaming impacted uh, your side of, of financing?
2: Yeah. So, you know, to continue what i was saying, I mean, the prognosis from our point of view is we're very bullish. I mean, we feel, we feel that COVID at least, you know, for a lot of companies was more of a, you know, a bit of a sideways step rather than a backward step. And that the, the, you know, very quickly, the overall industry is going to be up and running again. And and the indications are, I think there was a, uh, couple of um uh, sort of predictions from uh, pwc that said that they're predicting you know that the global industry is going to continue to grow in between 2021 and 2025 by uh, from about 2 trillion to 2.6 trillion which is you know pretty significant growth and i think the streaming component of that is is hugely significant um you know the the the, 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 there's definitely a bit of an arms race going on amongst the streamers. And now that you have, you know, maybe eight, 10 just significant players uh, that are all looking to take advantage of, you know, the growing demand for content and a lot of advancements in, in, you know, technology. I, I just think that's going to continue to dominate, you know, the industry going forward. Um, we already service some companies that have, relationships with multiple streamers there's one company that's a client of ours that I think the last time we spoke to them they had over 20 shows in process uh, between Netflix and uh, you know Amazon and Hulu and stars and you know all the different players so and, I, and, I, and my feeling is that's only going to continue um, you know obviously the, the the overall pie of the entertainment industry is getting you know Cut up into you know different slices now, and I'm I'm sure on the theatrical side it's going to be a tough road back, but it will come back. But I think you know more and more people have gotten used to you know sitting at home watching these these first run movies. Um, you know that was definitely enforced for the enforced sort of situation under COVID. Um, so we're we're all you know we're trying to pivot into more sort of streamer related um, production companies that have those relationships. Um, you know, either direct production financing or where the stream is a cash flow in production, we're providing, you know, sort of financing on a corporate level to working capital and, you know, operating accounts and things like that. And, and, and that, you know, that's a that's a great sort of business for us. And, you know, we're happy to do that. We like having, you know, that broader sort of relationship with these companies. Um, but I, I feel very good that, you know, notwithstanding COVID, um, that the, the business is going to pick up, it already is really, you know, very quickly and be back up on its feet and and marching forward. I mean, the you know, Netflix is looking to spend, you know, 20, 30 billion dollars on, you know, on new production. And I think the other streamers are, you know, coming up right behind them. So that 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 arms race continues and we, you know, we very much want to be part of it.